What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings on awesome supplements like their hydrolyzed beef collagen. I use that every day. 29 grams, plus it doubles as protein. Great for connective tissues. Uh, we're also brought to you by supplementsource.ca. If you're in Canada, check them out. You can get great blowout deals on uh, name change, label change, all that kind of stuff. Uh, short dated, overstock products. So uh, check them out. Get your pre-workouts for like half price. And uh, check out eval. Go to evalbloodanalysis.com and get your lab work done by Dave. Guys, I got to warn you. Our connection today is especially shite. Is that the right word, Dave? Yep. We have. Actually, it's it's actually a safety mechanism. So the the thing is, my image is deliberately blurred to prevent people from seeing the hideous reality of what's in our face. We this way we you know it helps to helps to keep us from getting demonetized guys so we this is for your protection and for the good of the show so but we're gonna do our best that's all we can do you might be moving huh dave oh got really good. yes uh, um and if i do move I, if i do move i will have a much better internet i saw uh footage of like the the because area where the dave house, lives I'm... oh see that's how bad the leg is guys the house you're in, what? So the house I may be moving to was built by a friend of mine um, who actually is a data network provider. Okay. That's what his business is. He, he provides mobile data in that time. Okay. Well, I, I, I hope that works. I li really, literally just saw footage of what it looks like in Dave's neighborhood. And it's like, it's literally like just hills and trees and like cows on the side of the hill and just very pleasant, but not very good for internet, apparently. So there is that. All right, listen, we're going to try to do this, guys. We're going to see how it works. Um, I wanted to ask Dave a question because we had a question about, um, about Primo injectable versus primo oral and as far as i knew uh primo uh oral was not even available anymore but apparently it is uh primo tablets um dave what are your thoughts about the differences between the two well it's night and day really um an anabolic is never going to be as impacting or as bioavailable as its injectable counterpart. And it's not methylated, is it? It's, it's no, yeah. and it, it's that simple. You know, it, it's, it, it, you, you, if, if you were looking at the, the ways to take things, you are, you are looking at, you know, the, the one of the worst. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I really, I, I would have said it, it's it's topical, oral or oral topical. Actually, probably would be more more accurate. And then IM and then IV in, in the efficiency of delivery of a of a compound. Hmm. Obviously, we don't do IV because of the, the inherent risks involved and because of how the compound is um, suspended. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, orals have a low bioavailability and, and obviously you have an increased risk of stomach irritation and everything that goes along with that. Yeah. 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 So most orals, um, I, I mentioned are going to be methylated. Can you explain what that means to the end user? Why is it, why is it that we want a methylated steroid if we're taking an oral? So, Anabolics are methylated um, in order to withstand first pass by the liver. So compounds in your bloodstream pass through the liver. The liver is going to try and metabolize that. It's going to try and break it down. Um, when you methylate a compound, it's, it's much more resistant to this. But as a result of that, 
it does stress the liver, which is why I all have this rep as a this rep for being liver toxic, because they stress the liver because they withstand breakdown by the liver. Yeah. Otherwise, the available compound is never really going to get to a point where it's actually any use to your body because it's just going to be metabolized straight away. Um, so compounds are methylated to withstand that. Um, that's keeping it simple. Um, but in that, obviously, you get this stressing of the liver. The liver has to work much harder. Liver enzymes elevate. Uh, and for some people, or particularly if you have other toxins in your lifestyle that aren't liver-friendly, or your oral dose is particularly high or long duration, then that can eventually develop into some problematics, you know, into problems within the liver. But you are talking about some quite serious abuse to, to get to that point. Yeah. Um, orals have a reputation of liver toxicity that liver toxicity that is probably not as warranted as as it's perceived within within the user community i think you're much better at looking at orals as as stressing the liver rather than you're looking at being overly liver toxic um i have known a few people that have caused liver damage through oral use but i mean these are extremes these are people that were you know, 100 milligram a day for literally a year plus. Um, most people, they'll get some liver liver stress. Both liver stress in its own right can cause digestive problems and upset the stomach, and then the orals themselves can irritate the stomach and upset the stomach as well. Uh, and, and so most people's oral consumption is neither high enough dose or a long enough duration to to really have any long-term impacts unless they have underlying problems or they have a particularly liver toxic lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, <clears throat> I mean, I think one of the problems that I end up seeing is somebody who just wants to rely on orals that then they run that first cycle and they're like, Oh yeah, this was great. I ran D ball only. I gained a bunch of weight, blah, blah, blah. I mean, first of all, guys, in most cases that D ball only cycle isn't going to give you as good of results as if you had done an injectable test with the D ball, but that aside, then they, they want to run a second cycle. And now that's where now people want to start increasing the doses or stacking compounds. And, and I think that that's where we start to get in trouble with the idea of, of relying on orals that that now in order to continue growing you're going to need to continue stressing your liver you know and and i i think that that's that's what my main concern is when we have somebody that because we get people who ask questions like why you know can i do an oral only cycle it's like yeah but in a vacuum that sounds great but how's the rest of your bodybuilding career gonna look you know i mean i use the word career loosely but yeah yeah um I mean, orals on paper are great. They're convenient. There's no needles. There's no injection. You just pull a tablet. You know, it, it, it looks like the perfect storm. But they're far from that. They have their place. And I think I think this is, this is where people need to sort of get realistic in, 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 in all the drugs they take. Um... And in, in, including in some of the more recent fashion drugs that have popped into use, um, there is a tool for a job. And the art of this is to pick the correct tool for the correct job. And then understand the consequences of that tool choice. So... If you're on a building site and you pick a jackhammer, you know you're going to wear ear defenders. You know you're going to wear some form of eyesight protection. If you pick a sander, then you're going to wear some sort of breathing protection. You're going to wear some sort of dust mask, some sort of filtration. And this is the same when you when you look at steroids. You know, orals have a place and they have their uses. But if you want to be a mass monster, that that is never going to happen on an oral only approach. Yeah, they're just not suitable for that for that job. Um, and though they may help you for a quick six weeks before you go on holiday once a year, if that's where you're at, hey, yeah, then you're looking at something that's potentially viable. Hmm. 
but then you've also got to think, well, I'm going on holiday, and from the moment I get in the airport on the morning I fly, I'm going to be drinking alcohol. So it's like, well, do I really want to be coming straight off an oral cycle into drinking loads of beer? Yeah. So it, it is very much about firstly picking the right tool for the right job and then understanding the totality of that tool. And I think this is where, and we were discussing this in, a, in another subject before the show, but I think where a lot of people go wrong is they don't... So you will see someone that will post a study up, say, use this, it's fucking brilliant, it does X, Y, Z. Yeah. But what they don't then do is bother to go and find out, okay, so this is a medicine used medically. What are the contraindications? So what are the problems that are found with using this medically? What are the side effects? What are the management protocols for anyone using this drug medically? Yeah, um, To get a much clearer picture of how using whatever that drug is affects you. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that we don't give a lot of attention to ancillaries. You know, I guess... People are giving a lot more attention to Arimidex nowadays. I would say that before people used to just pop it like candy, thinking that there was no potential sides, you know, it was just going to fix things. Uh, but I do think that people are looking a little bit more closely at Arimidex. But there are a whole new line of ancillaries that are coming into play, uh, like Telus Martin, where everybody's just like, hey, this is great. Just pop these arbs, you know, all this. Yeah. And. I mean, it's a perfect example. I, I have seen blood work with Telus Martin, and it's had a huge impact on their kidney function in a positive way. Okay, yeah. And there's no denying it has benefits in that region. But if you're prescribed it medically, your kidney function is monitored weekly for the first few weeks. Hmm. Because it can also have a negative impact on kidneys, and particularly kidneys that are already subfunction. Hmm. So if somebody already has a, a lowish EGFR, which is what's driving them to move to Telus Martin, they need to be particularly careful when they start that drug to make sure that it doesn't have the opposite effect. Ramapril is another one. Ramapril can really cause negative um, issues within the kidneys as well. And that's another drug that needs to be monitored very closely. I know this firsthand because they are drugs that have been looked at for my own kidney management by my renal consultant. Hmm. So we spoke at length about the contraindications of these compounds. Um, it is not just a case of saying, if someone comes to you and said, take this drug, it does X, Y, Z. That may all well be very true. But the first question you want to be asking is, okay, what are the side effects? What are the management protocols from using this medication? Yeah. to get a much more rounded picture of what that drug actually does and then make the decision whether that drug's for you or not. So Neven jumps in, it kind of related here. He says, um, should liver support supplements be taken with oral anabolics or at a different time of day? I would take your liver support at a different time of day. I don't know how much it's really going to make a difference. Does it, will it make you, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think the, I, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. The only concern I would have is that anabolics, as we know, or anabolics can irritate the stomach. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to make sure that you're getting the, max, the, the, the maximum from your, your support medication is you would take it at a separate time so that there's no interruption to its absorption. But that that would be it. There's no interaction within the compounds or anything of that nature. Hey, in reference to our awesome internet connection today, Laser's with us. And he says, hi, professionals. Welcome to our professional podcast. It really is a sack of shit today. <laughs> um, we did have somebody say that they were happy to see our show that we cured their depression. So there is that, Dave. He said they were depressed, and then the show came so, out, and then they were happier. We... Drugs and stuff. Yes. Curing depression since 2022. Yeah, yes, yes. We had a well, question. I'm glad it was positive, and I'm glad they enjoyed the show. We, we had one. Now, this, this is not directly drug-related, but I wanted to throw this up here. And I guess, well, you know what? Should Is there anything we should wrap up with this? I mean... 
you know, we we had talked before about Primo, and you had mentioned it in in years past. I think one of the biggest fears was that Primo was going to be fake. But it seems like there's a lot of good Primo in the market today. My thought would be, if you want to run Primo, I would definitely go with the injectable version. I truly, I mean, it, when it was more available, uh, Primo acetate tablets, when it was more available, I, I think we all just knew to stay away from it because there really wasn't going to be much in the way of results from it. No, Primo has had a resurgence in the last couple of years, particularly over here. I'm not quite sure if it's the same in the States. Yes, it is. Um, and as a result, it has actually, for the, for once, had a benefit um, impact on the market because the labs have stepped up and have started to supply proper quality Primo. So whereas a time where you would get Primo and nine times out of ten it would be absolute fucking garbage because people just weren't buying it, so labs weren't stocking it. So if someone asked for it, they'd just make it out of any old shit they had lying around and then label it Primo. Yeah. Um, at least now it's more commonly either Primo or Mass. You know, it's going to be one of the two more commonly. Yeah. Uh, and it's not that often that I now see people on, on Primo and Mass with obviously elevated estrogen levels because they're not taking what they're supposed to be. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan, though, personally, of Primo. It's just not my, not my jam. And a lot of the guys that I work with, tend to be more advanced and um you know I'm, I'm working with a guy right now who we ran um you know a, a pretty solid cycle and then he was saying hey i was thinking about running like a test primo cycle next and i just feel like you know when you're a guy who has a lot of experience with compounds like trend like deca even eq i feel like taking primo can be as i mean it, it may be a little bit of a healthy health more health conscious choice let's just run a, a low dose primo cycle but um i don't know if you're going to get the same results out of it either i've got a really good analogy for this yeah mm. so in the development of compounds primo was one of the last compounds developed and it is in in steroid structural terms quite a complex compound it's quite a sophisticated compound okay so how the best way to describe this would be i have a wall that i need to knock down just bear with me and okay. i have a 14 pound okay. hammer and then I have a six-pound hammer, a six-pound hand hammer, and a chisel, a bolster chisel. So Decca is my 14-pound sledgehammer. Yeah. It's going to fuck that wall in pieces very, very quickly. Uh, it's going to do a very good job of knocking the wall down. It's going to do it quickly. However, there's going to be a little bit of rough edges and a little bit of impact to the surrounding walls. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not going to be a nice, neat cut down each edge. It's not going to be tidy. But it's going to do it quickly. It's going to do it efficiently. And it's going to have a big impact. Yeah. Primo is my six-pound hammer and my chisel. Hmm. So it's still going to eventually demolish the wall, but it's going to take a fuck much longer time. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be much, much slower. It's going to be nowhere near as dramatic but it's going to have much less impact on the surrounding walls. So the surrounding walls are going to stay relatively untouched. And and that's the best way I can describe like those particular two compounds in, in, in comparison. So because the sledgehammer is quick and efficient, in the time it takes the Primo to flat the wall, I can knock four walls down. So I'm going to grow faster with Decca. I'm going to grow bigger with Decca. But I'm going to have some impacts in other areas of my body, my chemistry, my physique, my mm -hmm. my my health from the Decca. Yeah. Primo in the same time period, I'm probably only going to get one wall knocked down, but I'm not going to have the impact in other areas. That's a great analogy. So like that, Dave. Decca, more efficient building muscle mass, but a, better co but a bigger cost. I think it is. I think that's a really good one. I'm quite proud of that one. I like that. I did. I like that. <coughs> and that's copyrighted, trade, trademarked. You cannot use it again. Katrina says, hello from Bournemouth. Hey, look at that. 
And uh, she also said, uh, Scott, are you coming that, to Liverpool? That's fit? the cheese. It's what? It's what? Bo. It's Fit Expo. Yes. Would you say something else, though? Something about cheese? She's the cheesecake lady. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this was her first show. She just did at, at the Eval uh, Bournemouth yeah. bodybuilding show. Yeah. Yes, I will be at Liverpool Fit Expo. I'm excited. I'm going to come out there. Dave and I, we're going to hang out the whole weekend, and I can't wait. Dave can't wait either. It's going to be fun. I'm, my heart's been a bit bad just lately. I'm, I'm, I might find I'm having a bit of an episode or something by the time that weekend comes around. Guys, it's going to be like, do you remember, guys, did you ever watch The Grinch That Stole Christmas? And um, the the Grinch's heart grew three sizes, and it, he was, like, healthy and strong. That's what's going to happen when Dave and I meet in person. He's going to, his heart's going to, well, I don't know if having your heart grow three sizes would be helpful. But, uh, yes, I do have, I do have more. I do have more here. We've got questions. This one is not steroid related. But it is steroid related because if we're going to grow muscle, uh, we have to also know how to train and know how to eat food. And John asked us, he said, uh, hey, great show, guys. I was wondering, how do you stuff food? I'm really struggling to have four meals, usually chicken and rice. I feel like puking out everything beyond meal four. I really want to build more on this blast. I got some thoughts on this one for this guy. You go first. I was going to tell him mm, diet down first. Get yourself into and when I say diet, get yourself into a depleted state where you are hungry and then ride that up, you know? Why doesn't he if he's eating four, if he's only eating four meals, realistically, he could probably eat more meals than that. Uh, but I would say why don't you try by pulling the rice out? And maybe just do a small amount of rice, like, uh, you know, five meals a day right now. Maybe four of them are chicken. One of them is a shake. And let's just put a cup of rice in your pre and post training meal. And then the other meals, just chicken. And let's see how you do with that. And I bet you over time, your hunger is going to build up. Maybe add in 30 minutes of cardio a day, slow, steady state. You know, just get your heart rate up, get that appetite moving, help with digestion by moving your body. Make sure you get plenty of water in. And with time, you're going to be in a much better place to be able to eat more food. The other thought is, is the reason that we always say that you really want to get your nutrition and your training nailed down before you get on cycle is because... If you could get all that stuff sorted out and then go on the cycle, you'll be in a much better position. But now you're you're on cycle and you have to still figure all this out and you're not eating enough. Okay. Don't disagree with that in the slightest. Um, I am a great believer in dieting pre-bulk for that exact same reason and and then making small increments but regular ones. I think a lot of people make a mistake of going from, say, 200 calories, sorry, 2,000 calories, and then jump to 4,000 calories and then suddenly wonder why their stomach and their body can't cope with it. Yeah. Where you'd be much better going 23, 25, 27, 29, you know, and jumping up in small sizes. So that's one thing. I'd also, depending on where he is, is how big are these four meals? If these four meals are absolutely huge, then it might actually be beneficial to split those meals down into, like you said, five, six, seven, even eight smaller ones. Um, the other thing is, is it the food sources? Vary your food sources. Look at different food sources. Hmm, yeah. Is it your cycle? Is there something in your cycle that's upsetting your stomach? Are you taking orals? Are you taking trend? Both of these compounds can have a big impact in stomach. EQ in some people as well. Um, you know, so that, what's your gut health like? Are you using digestive enzymes? Do you have any fermented foods in your diet? Uh, are you implementing these things to maintain gut health? What's your stress levels like? Are they impacting your appetite and how your food is, is digested? But where you currently are, you you have a couple of choices. And one, one option that was perfectly feasible is to abandon the cycle completely. 
Um, because what's the point in taking the drugs if you're not going to be able to utilize them in the amount of volume of food that you require to eat to grow bigger? Um, and then just lean up, tighten up, get your appetite working again, and then, you know, go down the line, push into a new cycle. But having learned from this one to make smaller meals more frequent, smaller changes more frequent, cardio would be a good addition at this point that might help you out. Uh, so you might still be able to rescue where you are. And like I said, digestive enzymes and, and then just, just reviewing what you're doing from a point of view of food choices and, and, and toxicity of the drugs you're taking. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. If we've provided value to you today, then please consider contributing to our show. You can help support the show through Patreon. Every $5 helps to pay for the software and the hardware and everything else that goes into making a podcast. You can also contribute by using our code at True Nutrition. True Nutrition has been our title sponsor for several years now. I'm super grateful for them. And I've believed in True Nutrition supplements long before they sponsored our programming. You could use our code THINK for health supplements and performance supplements. Feel free to hit me up if you have any questions. And if you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have free shipping over $99, huge discounts on overstock, short dated, and label change products. Plus, they have all your normal supplements too. Thank you guys for listening to the commercial. I hope you're having a great day and that your bodybuilding is going well. Let's get back to the show. Um, well, this is a nice comment we got from Barry A. He says, thanks, guys. Uh, you guys have no idea how much this podcast with Dave means to a hopeful up-and-comer in the Canadian bodybuilding scene. How about that? That's nice. Thanks, Barry. Um, here's another comment. Love this wacky couple. This is the one. I was so depressed earlier, but now I feel much better. Thanks, Scott and Dave. Curing depression, one episode at a time. You're watching drugs and stuff. I just, right. The problem is it makes me feel suicidal doing every episode. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. We got a, a training-related question here, kind of. He says, great show. As always, uh, I have a training question for the next show. I've trained for around 40 years in my youth, I always trained heavy, and my joints are pretty much shot. Had a knee replacement in my 40s. In recent years, my elbows have given me so much pain, I can only bench about 225 pounds on good days while using Advil. Is there any way to train the chest and to get pumps without pressing movements? Thanks. Yeah, there's loads. I mean, flying movements for a start. But the other thing is, I think the problem potentially lies in your style of training, your your style of exercise execution. Yeah. Uh, you may find using things like um, time and attention, mm -hmm. slowing the rep right down, refocusing the load on the muscle away from the joint. It's a bit of a mental challenge, and it can take some some real deep thought to get it to work but i think you'll find an improvement all around if, if you start to look at your training from a point of view of muscular engagement and muscular fatigue rather than from a point of view of load move and number of reps done i'd go with that yeah we you know we we think that like we there's there's that one way to grow right like because that's what's worked but I think the key is is to be creative. You know, you can you can have like low back issues and still grow incredible legs. Maybe you can't squat, but you can work around it. You know. Yeah, I mean, flat fly, incline fly, cable flies. You know, there's a whole host of pec deck, straight arm pec deck. There's a whole host of variations of all those exercises. Up, upright standing flies. There's a whole host of variation of all these exercises you can do to stimulate your pec. And what you might find is, say you do a couple of flying movements, pre-exhaust pec power, and then go to a, a, a pressing movement that's much lighter than you'd normally use, you'll still get pec engagement from the pre-exhaustion, but yeah. you're not going to have the same stress and joint loading effect because you're using half the weight you'd normally use. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what, too? What about, so he said Advil. 
He's using a lot of Advil. What about other anti-inflammants, things that work through a different access? Like maybe maybe look at curcumin, like a high-quality curcumin. I feel like when I started using that, um, I started noticing that I was dealing with a lot less little uh, niggles is the word you guys use over there. Uh, that yeah, high-quality fish have oil. Yep, I would call it curcumin, but we're, we're on the same page with that. Turmeric, glutathione, high-dose liposomal vitamin C, collagen. Collagen would be like huge. Said, fish oils, making sure, making sure you're not running estrogen too low in your cycle, so you've got some jointal support from that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff we can do in those areas too as well, without doubt. Also, look at, you know, we don't know particularly, is he talking about genoids generically um, in that he's talking about tendon and joint, or is he physically just talking about skeletal structures? Excuse me. Because obviously we can look at stuff to improve tendons as well, separate to skeletal joints. So it depends on what's causing the pain. Yeah. Uh, here's a quick question. Um for the next time, uh, can you put two different esters in the same syringe and inject, for example, test E, mast E, and trend ACE? Uh, would this affect anything? Thanks. Yes, you can. Yes. Um, yes, it would explode. It might. Yeah, you could. You could explode. All right. What about this one here? Um, the the old. The only compound mixing I would not do is oil and water. True. Yes. Um, what do you guys think about BPC-157 post-surgery, and do you have any tips to decrease scarring post-surgery, particularly of the skin? I was looking into BPC, and while it seems to increase uh, granulocyte access... It also seems to increase collagen synthesis. Um, so I was wondering if BPC would increase uh, fibrosis leading to worse scarring. So yeah, too much growth hormone. I, I don't know that big word, but I can tell you that a lot of growth hormone can increase scarring. So it's something I wouldn't want to hammer too hard. Sorry, what are you going to say? Yeah, I, I would say a low-dose GH, um, TB rather than BPC. Um, I would look at some tissue manipulation uh, yeah. around the scar area to, to try and make sure the fibers are all going to move and sit in the same line, both within the muscle but also on the skin. And I'd look at bio-oil. Bio-oil? And some of Bio oil. Uh, and someone had told me something else that reduced scarring, and I can't remember for the fucking love of me what it was. Hmm. I remember um, hmm. uh, there's a guy I knew who was really concerned about women running Anivar with its increased collagen synthesis, and he had seen a lot of women that were getting increased scarring in their faces due to acne while being on Anivar. I thought that was an interesting correlation that he made. So, so do you think that the increased scarring is due to the Anivar effects, or do you think the increased scar is just due to the fact that they're getting spottier than normal? I, I almost feel like both, you know? Like, if you get more acne... You're, you know, you're going to get more scarring or potential scarring with deep cystic, you know, spots. But I also think that if you have increased collagen production during that time, I could see that leading to to more scar tissue as a result. You know, I could I, it makes sense. You know, I could see it. Those deep, deep cystic spots are fucking awful. Yeah. There's acne, and then there's them them bastard things, and and they are painful. They they are they're just horrible to have to deal with. Uh, I must admit, I've had some problems with them myself, and uh, yeah, that's a whole new level of acne. Is it? Yeah, I got that from running uh, Retin A, so I had mild acne, 
And then I use that topical retinoid, Retin-A, which is it's like a topical Accutane, basically. And it made my face break out worse. And so I said to myself, oh, much like Accutane, you just need to power through and keep going with it because it'll eventually, you know, get better. And guess what? It ended up creating some scarring. So that kind of sucked. I can can we answer the question from James making? I was just about, about to pull that Kuba. one up. Yeah. He says, uh, Dave, what do you think yeah. about Cuba going to classic? I didn't even know he was. So Cuba's a friend of mine. Uh, he's also one of our sponsored athletes. Um, he uh, he actually lives about twenty five minutes from me. No kidding. Um, so I speak to Cuba quite a bit, and I I think for him at this point in where he is, it's the best decision for him. Really, um, Cuba has Cuba has become Cuba was young and gung ho and 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 a bit, and he. he enjoyed very early success, which I think took a little bit of time for him to get used to. Uh, but over the last few years, he's become more and more health conscious. He's become more and more conscious about his health, about his client's health. Uh, and I, I, and it's become a, an ever-increasing priority of his regarding health. Uh, and I think the bottom line is, if he wants to be competitive in the open, then that is going to be a health risk, whereas he can still be competitive in a classic. Yeah, he doesn't have that retro classes look, but to be honest, with a lot of the judging, that retro classes look is is getting less and less of a criteria, and it's more literally how peeled and how much muscle can you carry within your height and weight category. It really, I've seen that too. Um, I've seen that too. And, you, you can't um, be you can't be blocky, but yeah, absolutely, yeah, you know. The more muscle, and you can keep a physique, yeah. you know. Yeah, you, you can't be a. So, I think it's actually not a huge step down for him. Hmm. Um, he's he's only talking, you know, about eight. I think it's about eight pound down on stage weight or similar sort of numbers. It's not massive, and I think for for where he is and what he wants out of life, it's an incredibly sensible move. Hmm. I, I can see him going back to open uh, because once a bodybuilder, always a bodybuilder. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, everybody wants to be the big boys on stage or most sure. people will aspire to that. But I, I do um, I do think for where he is um, with his life, with his business, with, with his, you know, obviously he's newlywed. Um, I think it's a very, very sensible move, and and hats off to him for having. And it took some balls, I think, as well, because this this industry is cruel. This industry is ruthless. Yeah, it is. And if you're you're perceived to 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 be to being backing out or to back down, it will tear you apart. And I, I think it took some fucking balls to do that. To be fair. Yeah. All right. How about this one from Big Bear in the gym? Sounds like that'd be, is this you, Dave? Did you post this question? Big bear in the gym. Uh, is there a way to uh, test the no. potency of your test? Thanks, guys. I'm assuming he means his actual vial of testosterone. Yes. Yes, there is. Um, now, depending on where you are in the world will depend on what testing services are available to you. There is one, I believe, called Jan Shek. I never know how to pronounce it. I think it's J-A-N-S-C-K or something like that. Okay. Um, I think he's Eastern Blockish, like Romania or somewhere out oh, that yeah, way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember what he charges, um, but he's been running quite a while. Um, you could actually contract the services of a chemical testing laboratory. They would do it. It would probably be incredibly expensive, but they would do it. Um, and But there are labs out there that that's all they do. They test chemicals. Yeah, especially outside um, of the U.S. I'm working on set. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on a company that should launch. We've been saying this for fucking months, and it's just one problem after another, but we, we should be launching sometime this fucking year okay i was going to say in a month or so but i don't think that's going to be realistic um, <laughs> um where we'll be offering testing as well but 
it, it's been a nightmare. Um, it's just we've run and we are running test after test after test after test to make sure we've got the most efficient way of isolating the compound and therefore then testing the compound for its purity. Okay. Yeah, I've seen, I've known a guy in the Netherlands that does it. Um, I could tell you this. I can tell you with testosterone specifically. So I have uh, a lot of the guys that I work with use a lab that I suggest because I've seen the results so many times where we take we put somebody on, on their TRT dose, then we just get their blood drawn, right? And then we could see what do their levels look like? How does that compare to when they've been on farm grade test? And then we can get a really good idea. And, and I found like, for instance, this brand, I know they're always a little bit overdosed because those levels end up being pretty suspiciously high for a hundred and a quote, 150 milligrams, you know, half CC of this stuff. Um, but that's, that's the way that I generally kind of estimate. It's not a perfect science, but you can estimate, you know, how strong your test is by running TRT and getting labs done with it. One of the big problems with UGL, when you go farmer, it goes through a process that means it's tested, it's calibrated, and basically they produce the same quality, the same standard every single time. Yeah. The problem with UGL is that is only significant for the batch of which your bio came from. Yeah, it's still going to take trust and, and even a few months down the be, road. Yeah. Yeah. So batches will be generally 100 to 400 vials in a run. Um, so unfortunately, then there is the problem that the test that you have is only really viable for the vial that you fucking got. Yeah. Um, and you buy again in three months' time, and it could be a completely different scenario. It's shit, but that's the truth of it. And, and plenty of labs will set off with a really good bang-on product, get a good reputation, and then they'll just cut it in half and make it shit and milk the shit out of it. Not everybody. There are good labs out there. There are responsible labs out there. Yeah. But people get greedy, and unfortunately, there is fucking big money to be made if you know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm always very, or I always had been <coughs> very suspicious of um, new labs for that reason versus the guy who's been doing the same thing for the last 10 years, you know? Yeah, I I know a lot over here that's the same. It's it, it's been consistently good. Every person I know that's ever used it is come back correct. I've used it personally for TRT. I mean, I can get pharma grade. I can get prescription TRT. Yeah. And a fucking TRT company for fuck's sake. Um, but I still actually use the UGL. All right, kind of two interesting comments here. Number one, Ash says, "WTF? YouTube unsubscribed me." And I didn't even realize it till I was looking for my Monday special with these two G's. So just keep an eye out for that, guys. I'm seeing that a lot of people are not getting notifications, even when they've hit the bell. So, you know, make sure you hit the bell, all that stuff. And of course, all your comments and all that, you are helping us to fight the YouTube algorithm, which I think sometimes wants to, honestly, and I'm being completely sincere here, I think sometimes they want to keep us a little suppressed because of this content. So there's that. And he also says, and this is ironic, he says, um, I love Dave's mood this week, and he seems so happy and clear picture. How about that? Clear picture. Yeah, that ain't lasting. That was that last ain't week. lasting, is it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, got another one. What are you going to say, the Dave? The thing is, before we do this, yeah. well, you're going to come over to Fitex, and you're not even going to recognize me. I'm going to have to pixelate <laughs> my face so you understand what I look like. <laughs> yes. Okay, question for the next show. If possible, um, I want to get my gear. <coughs> oh, this is another guy asking about gear testing. Well, I think we just talked about that. He says gear testing in the UK. Uh, Dave's working on that. Um, jump to this one then. I am. I've been working on it for six months, and I am sorry. It's taking fucking forever. Oh, Pussy Slayer. our good friend Pussy Slayer is back. And he did say that was his given name. That's what his mom named him, Pussy Slayer 2000. Uh, hi, chaps. My doctor has prescribed me 5,000 units of HCG per week only for fertility treatment. He took me off of my prescribed testosterone 
testosterone and opted for HCG monotherapy. Oh, I like that's got like a big word. I like that. As my fertility analysis was basically zero. Do I need to take an anti-estrogen or anything alongside with the HCG? I feel okay. I was a bit emotional for the first few days, but okay now. Haha, ha. what do you guys think? Without knowing your levels, it's difficult to say. I mean, obviously, ACG does aromatize. Uh, I'm assuming he's doing the ACG only to try and reduce the suspension from the uh, exogenous testosterone, but at the same time, increase ITT through the ACG. Um, I personally would have been more tempted to run both in, in tandem. Um and just obviously a much, much lower level of ACG, but uh, there's many ways to skin a cat, as they say. Um, really, I'd just look to test and see where you are. If your estrogen is running a little bit hot, then I would probably look at Proviron rather than something else as your estrogen management, because you'll get a double-edged hit off that, which was going to help with fertility as well. What about even Clomid? I mean, Clomid's not going to reduce your total estrogen, but it is going to help with fertility. It is. Um, it's, it's potentially going to trigger some LH production and FH, FSH production as well. I would, mm, I suppose, yeah. Um, and I would probably go Clomid over Novadex actually in fertility as well. It's just whether you can cope with because he did say you was feeling a little bit emotional. Yeah, yeah, for that Clomid's reason, a for that as well. So yeah. it would. I think it would. Yeah, it would. But yeah, if you were, I, I definitely Clomid is an option, and and I would, in the case of fertility, I would look to Clomid over over Novadex definitely. All right, I think Clomid is um, going to have a more positive impact on FSH than Novadex will. Says a good one. Can you guys, so I guess he's referring to the last show. Thank you for watching. Uh, can you guys do a Sustanon Arimidex blast cycle? Um, say 1,500 milligrams of Sust a week, 600 of milligrams of Arimidex a week. That's a good amount of Arimidex. Can you do a Sustanon? I can't, no, not at all, mate. Sorry. No, I technically could. Only for this. I don't want to. No, I don't either. Fucking awful. I, I do feel like that would be uh, a, a good amount of Arimidex. Like, that's a high amount of Arimidex, isn't it? Milligram a day almost. Yeah. I, um... Depends on... Can you do it? You can do whatever the fuck you want. Is it ideal? Eh, possibly not. 1,500 milligrams of test is not a, 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 a stupidly high amount. I mean, I mean, you're getting close to it, though. It's well within the realms of... Yeah, but it's it's not crazy high. I mean, it's not like three gram sort of shit. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would rather start with... If you were going to do that, I would be more tempted to start with, say, 750, 20 megnovadex. 25 mega romacin twice a week. See where your estrogen levels sit with that and then ramp up to the 15. And once you've got a rough idea of where you're going to go, that that amount of ADEX is going to be particularly harsh on, on cholesterol and, and, and even you potentially risk running at low estrogen at that amount. But I don't think you're going to feel very cracky on that amount of ADEX. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I think that you would need... It's a bit bust on a little... little what? So that's a little Boston Lloydesque, is that? Did he run high Rimidex? Oh, yeah, very high doses, uh, including Letro and all sorts. Okay. I um, Yeah, I, I could see not needing... I mean, realistically, just like any other cycle, you would want to base your Rimidex off of your levels, right? So... Uh, you know, if you if you ran this cycle, you could adjust that Arimidex as needed, but you're going to have to wait, you know, a bunch of weeks to get that Sustanon built up, right? Well, the other the other thing would be what's the desire to just run a gram and a half of Sust? Um, you could run 
say 750 source 750 mast yeah pretty much have your estrogen management almost built in, built into the cycle and still have a good productive dht in there that's going to help with muscle growth yeah oh why why I would ask, why are you wanting to do the 1.5 gram of sauce? Is it just literally because you want to? Which is fine if it is. I mean, it's, it's a personal choice, but uh, that was what I would be asking. All right. We've got a couple more here. We've, we're actually not doing too bad considering our internet connection here. Um, this is a big one. Love the show, guys. Watching from sunny Scotland. Question for the next show. Uh, just started a 12-week cycle. 600 milligrams of Test E, 100 milligrams of Anivar. will add a small dose of Trend Ace per week at week six and maybe some T3. Um, can only handle 75 milligrams of Trend per week. Can't handle the sides, insomnia, etc. Um, from experience, I always lose a lot of size on a cut. What would you advise to keep mass on close at the end of the cycle? I was thinking of adding in 50 milligrams of oxy, oxy, uh, the last couple weeks. What do you think? Uh, I want to be as ripped and large as possible at the end of the cycle. Any advice would be appreciated. I don't want to uh, affect the definition I'll have, but my body type always loses a lot of mass at the end of a prep cycle. Thanks in advance, Scott and Dave. Always the best. Uh, OJ, fair. Scotland. No, it's OJ for Scotland, meaning from. F-A-E means from. What is that? That's not how you spell from. No, but it says Scottish dialect. OJ, Fay, Scotland. Yeah. Okay. I'm learning stuff. Uh, I don't, so I don't understand muscle loss. Neither. There's plenty of drugs in there to maintain muscle mass. So without knowing diet and other factors, is he losing muscle mass or is he just getting flat as fuck? Or is it a case of he's overestimated how much muscle he has in the first place? Yeah. Um, it's I'm not I'm genuinely not sure. He talks about prep at one point, but then earlier on he talks about just diet, and it's like, well, that because that doesn't sound like a prep cycle. Well, not what I'd use anyway, not without level of test. Um, as the main driver, I would be much more equals of test and mass and, and things like that. So. And the other thing that I, I find a little bit alarming about that is the 100 milligram of Anabar from the start. Yeah. And then it what would appear to be adding 50 of Oxy at the end. The thing is, Oxy can make you nice and full when you're lean, yes. But the, 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 at the end of the day, in a deficit, you're going to struggle. The, the leaner you get, the closer you get to low percentage levels, the harder it's going to be to grow any sort of tissue. So you are just looking at preserving tissue. So oxy, if you were going on stage, yeah, useful additive at the back end of a, a cut. If you're not going on stage, it, I, I don't quite understand the logic behind using it because it's like, well, you'd be nice and full for the last week of oxys. And then as soon as you stop the oxys, it's going to make no caffeine, no fucking bit of difference at all. Yeah. Um, it just, I find the structure, I find the structure odd. Um, the whole cycle setup, I find a bit odd. Um, orals I would put in much later and also at a lower dose. I would be looking more, say, two, three hundred mega test, 400 mega mast. Um, and then, yeah, T3 is needed at a certain point or clen. But if you're dropping muscle at the very end of your, your cycle, either it wasn't muscle in the first place or you're being way too severe with your calories or you're just getting flat as fuck and it's that, that's the problem and it's not actually that you lost muscle mass, it's just that you've got very, very flat or you've severely underestimated how much body fat you, you're carrying. But without a lot more detail, it's very difficult to make any more comment on that. Yeah. I used to think um, that I would lose muscle in my legs uh, in, in during prep from the cardio. 
but it was in reality that I was losing fullness in the muscle. You know, I think of I think of the muscle as being like sponge and we're adding carbs, glycogen and that muscle expands and we take it away and it contracts and the proper diet for getting somebody to be the best they can be on stage is playing the game between letting the muscle contract, getting you into a position where you're going to be losing optimal body fat, but then being able to still fill that muscle back out. So it's a constant game of you know, depleting, 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 filling out, depleting, depleting, filling out. And kept, it, like, and that's why with my contest prep clients, I'm watching them at the end almost every, like almost every day. And then toward the actual end, we're, we're doing check-ins every day. But what we do is we're going to deplete, deplete, deplete. And then I'm watching and watching to see when do we need to fill out? And I'm trying to make the best judgment on that. Then we fill out and then I watch how full you look. So it's it what i'm saying i guess is that i see this as being more of a nutrition issue than an individual issue with with like it's not just him this is what every bodybuilder can go flat some more flat than others and your weakest body parts are going to go flat first so you know keep that all in mind but it there isn't going to be a drug that's going to correct it. Sure, maybe taking some anadrol might help with some some roundness temporarily, but it's really going to come down to some diet adjustments. I think if if you're seeing in the last two weeks that you're losing everything. Yeah, uh, and and yet I I have this with clients occasionally as well. Everybody feels small when they diet. And the leaner you get, the smaller you feel, the flatter you are. But being flat is necessary for the fat loss. If you're yeah. full, you're not going to lose fat because you've got adequate glycogen in the muscle to, to energize anything you're doing. Yeah. So the flatness is a necessary process in order to, for the fat loss. Um, some people will sort of offset this a little bit because what they'll do is they'll keep food a little bit higher, but then they'll keep cardio output much, much higher as well. Um, so the, the, they're bringing food in, you're filling out, and then they're depleting that back out again continuously with cardio, which does tend to leave a slightly fuller muscle. But I, I, I think there's a there's a limit there where you can go too far with that. And at the end of the day, all you're doing is effectively driving around with a handbrake on. Yeah. You know, you're trying to move forward in one hand but you're pulling yourself back in the other hey dan says um hey guys hope to see you at fitx yes i will see you there and he also says um dave will you guys be taking bloods and doing bpc drips on the day we will be doing everything so we'll be doing urine analysis we'll be doing i um ivs bpc tb sports athlete all the ivs we offer we'll be doing um, ecg bloods obviously bloodlets um the whole kit and caboodle mate there's nothing we won't be doing uh we've also stocked up on hangover cures for the saturday and sunday morning you guys are doing hangover cures <laughs> hangover cure ivs yeah okay i have um Okay, I, I have a question here, and I wanted to bring this up to show him. Uh, the question was, um, which American clinics offer HGH? Uh, they they basically all do, but you're going to pay a lot of money for that. I, I Actually, I have this app called GoodRx, Dave, which I just pulled up, uh, Genotropin. So four cartridges, 12 milligrams milligram is four units so four times 12 is 48 you're looking at at meyer whoa, pharmacy whoa, 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 whoa. a milligram is 3.3 iu is it three i think it depends doesn't it three three point three so three. okay so let's t say 36 so 36 units you can pick that up today from meyer pharmacy for let's see can you read this here yeah, you can't. $6,000. $6,000. So good luck. You know, you may be able to get cheaper GH from them, but listen, you're going to spend a lot of money on a prescription for GH. So that's fantastic that you, you know, could get the script. But the reality is even 
even with like you know the cheaper versions it's not going to be cheap so good luck that's all that's all i got oh we, we got to cover this one too from g hill he says question has anyone ever had seizures or fits epileptic type type or blackout or severe dizziness or uncontrolled head nodding backwards on trend three different makes even on low doses of 50 milligrams three times a week really hits me but when i was younger i could handle larger doses no problem thanks what is your advice to do him? not do not under any circumstances use fucking trend if that's what it's doing to you agreed agreed jesus christ yes <laughs> fuck i'd rather be fat and small than, than, than <laughs> fuck about with anything that made me do that. Yes. I, was like, I, I had one more thing. I, got um, I mean... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I say, I have, obviously, it's well known, I make no secret the fact that I fuck my health with my anabolic use. But at the time, I had no symptoms. I had no sides. That was part of the problem in me getting to where I got to with it. Yeah. But Jesus Christ, if, if I was fitting fitting post injection due to a drug I'd use, I would definitely not be using that fucking drug anymore. Yeah. I I had a um a, a guy messaged me on uh Instagram and he said, Has is Dave familiar with this? And and it was a link to a video. I'm gonna play this for you now, Dave. These men are paid to be real guard gnomes. I want to get Dave a job doing this. <laughs> There's going to be Dave right there. <laughs> have you have you looked at the um, the Wait, sort of the what? It's la it's labeled the bait. This is uh that will give you a clue. Clue this is of real. The genuinity of that. No, it's not. Shut this up. is real, Dave. You could get this job. That Shut could be up. you right there. Shut up. Don't, don't, don't treat me that way in front of our guests, Dave. It's not cool. No. When you come, you can sit in my garden with a fishing rod for two days. That's fine. I will leave you there. I will take videos and I will bring you cups of tea will, and jam sandwiches. Will I make 600 pounds a day? No. <laughs> That's a, Do you notice how long the leg was, guys? I asked him the question. It was like literally four seconds. I can't believe we made it through this show. Dave. We didn't get through all the questions, but we got through most of them. It was a it was we a tough did. one. It was a tough one. It was a tough one to get through. I mean, every show is a tough one with Dave, but you know, this is especially difficult. I I am a pleasure to work with. I am lightness and happiness personified. I am a, a radial glow in the darkness that is your miserable existence. That's yeah, that's kind of true. Yeah, I look forward to this. This is my day of reprieve from my terrible life. I just sit here and cry all day in the basement until that that shining moment when Dave's ready to connect and record drugs and stuff. And then I just turn on and I'm like feeling good for an hour. So I'm gonna return back to my my sour sorrow and sadness as Dave goes on his merry way. Hey, how far is Nottingham from you? hour and a half i was just wondering i have a bicycle from them there's a nottingham there's a yeah i don't know anyway nottingham they're... i've never heard of a bicycle mate called nottingham 
Yeah, they're um, I think it was called. I'll have to I'll sh- I'll have to show it to you. There is a bicycle company from Nottingham. They're no longer in business, I don't think. They're, it's called the Jason. Robin Hood. Jason's from that neck of the woods. Jay, do you know of a? He's just chimed in. Do you know of yeah, a bike manufacturer from your end? They're out of business, I think. I think it's called like the Robin Hood. I'll show it to okay. you. I got well, obviously that would key. You're not making shit up again, Scott, are you? No, no. I got the bike for $10. It's worth like, I got it for 5 or $10 from a thrift store two decades ago. Oh, he said Raleigh is from Nottingham. That's a big bike company. Those guys are still around. Hmm. It is. All right. Well, I look forward to coming out to visit you soon, Dave. It's going to be less. It's going to be two weeks from today. I'll be packing my bags two weeks from today. I'll be packing my bags to come and see cheery Dave. And we're going to meet up in Liverpool and it's going to be the best experience ever. And I hope to see you guys out there. Cause we're going to record. We didn't even tell people yet. We're going to record a live podcast on Sunday morning from fit expo. We are. Uh, and we're going to try and mug as many people as we can. Um, to be on said podcast, though I have a suspicion that most people will be very hungover and trying to hide from us at that point. <laughs> Is Michelle coming out? That's what I want to know. No, no. Well, that's too bad. It's her loss. If she if she hasn't hit a target weight when she weighs in tomorrow, I'm going to kick her fucking ass. Oh, okay. Well, guys, you definitely. We, we, I don't. I don't think the timing is going to work out great for the U.S. market to watch the live podcast because if we record it like nine a.m., it's going to be like three a.m. here or something like that. But uh, nonetheless, it will be recorded, so you guys will be able to see it bright and early when you wake up on uh, Sunday. It's going to be fun. Well. You know, it's fine. Are we recording that early? We're recording at 9 o'clock. Yeah, it's going to be early. Dude, by the way, thank you, Internet Gods. Your picture's fucking cleared up. Like, 100% now. What the hell happened? Like, why could this not have happened one hour ago? I don't know. It's like we're on the point. We're on point right now, Dave. This is good. This is the way the whole show should have been. I can see your face. That was (laughs) right. Well, we did what we did what we could, guys. We tried. Yeah, I just blame Scott. She said she made weight. No worries. So there's that. Matt Blevins oh. was going to wake up early at like three a.m. to watch the show. I, I I actually think it's a lack of dedication from the Yanks if they don't get their asses out of bed to watch the show live at three a.m. I mean, come on, what you playing at? <laughs> All right. Listen, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. And if you stuck around, you got to see Dave's lovely face in um, like 3K. We're not not quite that good. Not quite 4K. Uh, Go to our sponsors. You can check out Eval, which we mentioned. Uh, Get your blood work done with Dave. (coughs) EvalBloodAnalysis.com. Check out our uh, sponsor, TrueNutrition.com. They're our title sponsor for everything we do. You can use our code THINK to get uh, savings on high-quality, third-party tested health and performance supplements for those of you in Canada. Check out SupplementSource.ca. As we always mention, you can get some ephedrine over there. Dave, we'll see you soon. You will, sir. Bye-bye.